or I'm going to buy it. And then I picked it up and I was like, this is my size. Is it like a boys 2XL? No, it's a women's. <gasps> no. Because I bought like boys. But this That's is hilarious. a That's absolutely sure. That wouldn't even fit me. No. I mean, it would fit me, but it would be absolutely inappropriate. I don't, I don't know. Like I like I wear. It looks really cute on you. Thank you. It's nice and cozy. Thanks. I got some uh, candy on it. <laughs> yeah. We're, oh, th- this is trash. This is relationship resumes, not trash. Bong bong. <laughs> That's how we should start our episode. Just bong every time. <laughs> Let's do it. Today we're talking about self love and self-care a little bit i feel like they're together i think they're intertwined self-love or self-care is like a sub category Category. of thank you (laughs) of self-love see do you have a specific place you want to start um we almost made this an asmr podcast oh because because sodas yeah let's see oh mine's not making yeah yeah, <laughs> I had to give it a little shake. That's me slurping from my bio, my eco-friendly silicone straw. Yeah, not not a plug. Wait, wait. I mean a plug for silicone straws, but oh, you didn't say the brand. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. basically, all I did was I just like tried to spend some time thinking about how I practice self-love with myself and like the things that I do to mm-hmm. manifest self-love in myself, and then I tried to spend some time thinking about how to take self-love into your dates and into your pursuit of partnership so i don't know if there's a place you want to start other than those kinds of things we can i wanted to address on episode three you were talking about something about you being like a masculine woman yes and i felt that way too so i was like this is a good self-love thing Mm -hmm. we're like we just need to normalize that i guess i think so it took me a really long time, story time, once upon a time in the kindergarten. Oh, wow. Uh, we're, we're going way back. We're going way back. There was like, I remember telling one little boy that I really liked him and him being like, you have hairy arms. What? That? And I was like, okay. And I just was so sad. And that's after I, that's when I met T, who was my first love. Oh, T. <laughs> um... I yeah. feel like that's I hope something he's that... doing well. I have no idea what's up with him, but I hope he's has everything good in life. I feel like that's a thing that happened in like junior high too. You, I don't know if you remember this, but you learn about genetics, whatever, and you find out that people have like hair on their like fingers mm-hmm. or their like toe knuckles or whatever, and I everybody's mean, like, "Ew, that's so gross." And I'm like, it, "What? It, 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 it's like bodies. It, it, just genetic hair. Who cares? You can't see it." Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I just I have really dark hair. My family all has really, really dark hair. Was never, it was never addressed as a problem when I was young. And no one in my family has ever cared. But it has been something that I have carried with me my, like, entire life. I remember being in probably fifth or sixth grade. And my family went on a trip to Disneyland. And I remember being in the line for one of the rides. And my mom, like, grabbed my forearm. And she was like, are you shaving your arms with my razor? Oh my gosh. Because she was like, because I'm sure she knew someone had been using her razor. Yeah. And I was pretty And I wasn't shaving my legs because kids didn't shave their legs at that age. Or at least a lot of girls I knew, like girls weren't really doing it. Kay shaved his arms. Did you know that? Like a grown ass man shaved his arms because it was just looked better because he like lifted weights. And he's like, his only identity was like a low key hot guy. 
Ugh, yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. You're just like casually 23 and shaving your arms. arms. That's so weird. And he's blonde. Mm-hmm. So no one would have seen his hair <laughs> no, anyway. I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why do you feel like a baby? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why is your arm smoother than mine? I'm upset. I I don't notice like my arms. I'm just like, ooh, cool. Yeah. But it was just weird. Anyway. anyway, that was a thing that was a really deep insecurity for me from like my actual childhood. Very, mm-hmm. very small times. And that was just like the begin. That's the first time I can remember being like, "I'm too masculine." Was in kindergarten, and then I have like a really deep voice, and I'm really tall, and there are a lot of things about me that present very masculine. And it took a long time to realize that I still loved all of those parts about myself. The easiest thing was for me, I guess, you know, was to be able to acknowledge that my naturally deep voice as a woman makes me a really valuable singer you know Mm -hmm. in groups and so that was easy to kind of like figure out but I think there are things that you just learn to love not because they serve you any purpose but just because they are part of who you are you know my like I'm too masculine thing was after I became a CNA like our stocking girl was just talking about like how the weirdest thing about being a CNA is that you like get these giant muscles like kind of by your neck your massive traps you look like yes and i was like this is so weird because like my not anymore but when i was a skinny i feel like my, my arms, arms were, were huge i was yeah. like i look I, like a freaking dude i remember several dates especially with like military guys who were really yes into their jacked. own physique they'd be like yo like whatever this muscle is from where mm-hmm. your deltoid comes down like that cut they'd be like yo your your deltoid cut is sick and they'd be like so much it was, it's a, it was like a hard thing to just get over i'm like it's fine i'm just built like a man but but i'm helping people so it's good that honestly shocks me because i would have never i'm not big like i i don't well it's not i just like would have never even thought that that would have been something you struggle with you know no, or have I, thought about it's, it was just like when i was putting on t-shirts and i couldn't <laughs> get my arms in the holes and i was like my biceps in my shirt and i was trying to not dress like a 12 year old boy so i'm like now wearing women's shirt and i'm like wearing like blouses "Mm, and things mm, mm, can't get it up and they're made of that horrible fabric that's like super tight just on the arms i feel like it's just like the band at the bottom of your arms they're like half your size (laughs) yep let's do it perfect no elastic love it no stretch not for you so that was my thing it took me a long time to be like no this is great because i'm a health worker and i'm helping people so it's good Mm mm-hmm when I started dating C, I was going to the gym a lot even before then. But I was going to the gym and only working out my legs or my core or doing mm-hmm. cardio. Those were the only things I was doing. And I never, ever, ever worked out my arms because I was like, I'm a CNA. They get all the workout that they will ever need. And I, I got so much shit for not working out my arms. See, I had a big group of friends that were like gym goers mm-hmm. as CNAs. And I was like, don't. Is it? Aren't your arms big enough? <laughs> like mine are huge. Like yours look like mine. So I why never, are you still working out? I just never talk to other people about my gym habits because that's another thing that I just have always like been like this is too masculine to do is to go to the gym. You know those people that only talk about going to the gym though. Yeah, I had a couple of those. Oh, okay. Well, you also, I mean, the the place that you worked was like more trendy, healthy. I don't know what yeah, I'm trying to say. You for know, sure, like, I understand. Like, you mean. worked with like a bunch of dudes and like. Yeah. Other people who are like, well, more and we worked with like fitness vets too. So yeah. it's like, I don't know, a buffness contest with yeah. our residents. Even with like old people. Yeah. Like, my arms are still bigger than yours. I'm like, okay. It's just because your flab hangs lower, but it's cool. You win this time. <laughs> like, I don't need to argue with you while I'm trying to feed you your Parkinson's meds. Yeah. 
So like, so where I was going with this, is there like parts of your body that maybe serve you absolutely no purpose, but you still love them because they are your body. And that is the hair on my arms <laughs> because there's nothing to do about it. It's just the way my body is. And I love my body and I love that I have arms. I'd rather have hairy arms than no arms. <laughs> I feel like it takes a long time and it's like an, uh, a continuing thing to love your body too. So, mm-hmm. But I think you have to start practicing saying nice things to yourself and about yourself. Yes. One thing... Um, a therapist that I saw in high school told me was like even when people are like jokingly making like self-deprecating jokes you don't get to make those about the the parts of yourself that you don't like anymore Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I guess I can try to do that you know but it was still a process it was still a really long process and even now there are a lot of things like a huge part of me uh, initially being attracted to Colin was the fact that he was like a six foot five man who is like kind of hyper masculine and I was like wow I will never be the more masculine one I love that 10 out of 10 so obviously there's still a lot of room for improvement I think it's pretty much a lifelong process yeah well, and I think like even like as I get older and I don't know things change like I'm not as buff anymore I'm like yeah. now we gotta restart mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm sad that I'm not buff anymore I don't know if you feel this way, but I remember going through my breakup with B and being so depressed and then registering for 22 credit hours that coming spring semester, which was far too many credit hours because you're I a think, person. I think 12 is considered full time. Oh my gosh. And 15 is what they require for scholarships, I think. Wowza. So 22, I had to get like a letter from the dean to allow me to take 22 credits. You're like, hi, I'm depressed. Can you <laughs> sign this paper for me? Pretty Thanks, much. baby. Yeah, it was great. So I was super depressed. I was incredibly busy. I was also working and... You're, were you working full time and doing 22 hours or 22 I think credits? so. Jeez. I think I was only scheduled for part time, but I was like picking up a bunch of extra shifts to try mm. to stay full time. Jeez. And... I remember losing a bunch of weight because I never had time to eat or enjoy anything about life. Yeah. And then I started going to the gym because I was like, wow, I'm too weak to do my job. And so I was going to the gym a bunch and I was feeling really good about that. And I started to get out of my depression, whatever. But part of me wishes that I could be super depressed again so that I could get really skinny and then get fit again. I do the opposite when I go through breakups where I'm like, sucks for you. I'm the shit. And then I like (laughs) self-love. Maybe. It takes, I feel like it takes a while to get there, but it's definitely something worth putting in the time to just, because like, I don't do the, the sad girl thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you operate under like a basis of depression where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. always pretty anxious, always a little bit depressed. You're yeah. Like, so it's like, like, it makes sense that that's not the place you go because that's the place you live. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like hanging out there always. So I'm just like, well, I mean, why make it worse? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. If that's insensitive, we can cut it out. No, that's that's me to a T. I just... I mean, like, I'm less depressed. I'm more anxious, which I'm proud of myself for. But, like... But, yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. That's one thing I did write down when I was trying to think of ways to take self-love into dating was if you can take comfort and find confidence in the things that you like and value about yourself, and ideally that would be literally everything about yourself you know because i think even the things you don't like you feel like you can improve on you still have to appreciate yourself where you are in making whatever progress you're trying to make Mm -hmm. and if you can appreciate yourself and take confidence in that then it doesn't matter how that date goes or what this potential partner 
fun fact when I wrote down potential partner, I was just looking at it. I abbreviated it and I wrote pot part. <laughs> mm, cute. You always got to say something about drugs, don't you? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but why would you worry about a potential partner that you're literally not even invested in at this point? Mm-hmm. What they have to say about you or your body or yourself, your characteristics, whatever it is, because you already think you're the shit. Yeah. I mean, because you are the shit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know who you are, but you're the shit. Absolutely. I don't know who needs to hear this, but... We're going to put that on a t-shirt. 10 out of 10. Best person I've never met before. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So that's checkpoint number one for me. Yay. One thing I thought about after I thought about that was when I started dating Colin, I was kind of I was really just into myself and I was doing a bunch of I was like I was reading a bunch of like self-help books and I was just doing a bunch of things to just like work on myself be happy with myself which is so cliche to say and I hate myself for that but it's okay I don't hate myself I love myself (laughs) and one podcast that I was listening to was this girl who brought on her husband and she was like this she's just like this is something that perpetuates self-esteem in our relationship and they had laid out five core values or something as a family Mm -hmm. them and their kids and they had also like they as adults had laid out core values for themselves as individuals before that before they brought them together as a family and it was like how do i take these core values that i value as an individual and bring them to in theory like their family but like I was thinking, how do I bring these to a partnership, you know, and like what things can I absolutely not compromise on in terms of like making my own self feel valued and important and like I am meeting my own expectations. And I made Colin listen to that podcast before like our third date. Wow. Yeah. Go, go, go Colin. Yeah. Honestly, it's a miracle that he married me. But he did listen to it and he took time and he wrote down things that he thought were like valuable and important. And I had already done the same and I had already like, I had like a whole mission statement for myself. I was like really into it. Way to go. Uh, But that became like a really big founding part of our dating experience. And it's been something that like we go back to when we're feeling weird and I'm like, something's off. I don't feel good. I don't know what it is. And we're able to go back to these five key values that we value as a couple. And it's like, well, are we hitting all of these milestones that we have laid out Mm -hmm. that help us to feel our best? And usually I can figure out from there (laughs) what I'm not doing for myself. That's very great. I don't know if that's helpful. It's kind of rambly. But I do think it was really helpful for me as like a young 20-something year old to really spend some time just on my own thinking about what was going to matter the most to me looking back or looking forward and like what I wanted my life to be Mm -hmm. and what was going to make me feel the best about it. So for example, I had things, I, there's like having fun and communication, (laughs) I was surprised. And there's other things like that, you know, spirituality is important to us. I think that's a great way to feel, to love yourself is to figure out what's the most important to yourself and then figure out how to prioritize those things and to meet those priorities always. That's great. Thanks. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I loved it. I'm just like... She's uh, doing a little dance for (laughs) all of us who are just listening on audio. Just like like a... I don't know. I feel like it's important to remember, too, that, like, 
any progress is progress or even trying in my mind is progress like at least you got to a point where you could try it you did it oh for sure i think loving yourself enough to try is Mm self-love even if you that's what i was trying to say about like you have to love yourself where you are and respect like where you are in terms of your Mm -hmm. goals which is hard because it's easy to be disappointed that you're not already at whatever point you're trying to meet well, and I feel like it took me a long time to realize that even if I was trying, it was technically progress. Like, even if I tried and it didn't go the way I wanted to or, like, I failed, at least I, like, tried it and just, like, stay at home or whatever. Right. Uh, what is it? Oh, this. But wasn't it, like, Edison who was like, I didn't fail at creating the light bulb a hundred times. I figured out a hundred ways not to make electricity. Wasn't that? him yeah i think so yeah so the moral of that story is like always spinning even like your quote-unquote failures in a positive light you know because you still figured out something even if it wasn't your what you were trying to figure out well and they always say like you learn more from your mistakes than from your success says yeah that's true so they do say that go out go make your mistakes do it (laughs) and own your mistakes yeah that's a big one too. We, I feel like, as a society, we always try and like hide our mistakes, and it's not not. It's not my jam. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I think is often touted as like a self failure is um, coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Like even because some obviously coping mechanisms are necessary in your life because you have to cope. I think cope has an inherently negative connotation. But everything is a coping mechanism. Not everything is a coping mechanism. But I mean, it might not be a coping mechanism mechanism for you, but it might be for me. So everything technically could be. Yeah. And just because it is a coping mechanism doesn't mean it is a bad coping mechanism. There absolutely are less productive coping mechanisms yeah, like or murder less healthy. Is not a good one. Yeah. Murder's a bad one. <laughs> Cocaine. Any type of drugs, really. <laughs> uh, underage drinking, we always. Yeah, we're not fans of that. No, don't do it. Um, especially with anxiety though, I feel like that's when I have to find my coping mechanisms the worst or the most is my, with my really bad anxiety. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, when you're freaking out over nothing, you, you don't like love yourself cause you're like, I'm a crazy person. I don't know why. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's when I need my coping me- mechanisms the wor- most. <laughs> I don't mean to be laughing at you. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly because I think a concept about like, if you only want to learn how to swim when you're drowning then you're in tr- uh, there it's quippy and funny and i don't remember what it is rip but the moral the the point i'm trying to make is that coping helping yourself to cope in whatever way is still self-love mm-hmm. it's uh one of the most helpful things i have ever heard from a mental health counselor professional person majig was <laughs> Taking your unhealthy coping mechanism, like an unhealthy coping mechanism is what it really is, is just a necessary coping mechanism that you have grown out of. Oh, okay. And it can be hard to quit something like cocaine as a coping mechanism. That's just an easy example. It is. Um, We've never done drugs. I don't know if we've said that. We're not, we don't do the drugs. No, but it can be hard to quit something like something that is a, a real coping, a crutch for you. If you aren't willing to, like, kind of thank yourself and your past self and 
acknowledge that that was something at some point that you needed but now you've grown out of it you know like you should still respect that that person that you were then while appreciating and being grateful for the I was gonna say grown up that you are now but at least the person who has grown into something that might be better for you mm-hmm. that's that on that not on all things self-love just on yeah. that specific We're like well it's on. been 22 minutes so i guess we gotta go <laughs> right? oh i want to i learned this today i had never thought of self-love as being like selfish but i guess that's like a big myth that people are trying to debunk i feel okay i think i heard initially about self-love from like moms who were like trying to start their own businesses on the internet and that was how they showed their themselves self-love and so i feel like people see it as selfish because like people who value old ways of living are like well they just don't want to parent their children so they just ignore them and oh you know or i hate that don't they know that a woman's job is to be in the kitchen and a lot of like the ways it was like selfish was like i don't have time for that kind of thing oh and i hate that well i went a different direction but i do hate that as well i i have heard that before you know where it's like i don't have time for self-love and it's like my dude if you don't have time for this like what what do you have time for well i just think about like if i don't do this like self-care right now nothing like this week is going to be the best that it could be kind of thing oh absolutely well and i honestly as a person who gets a lot of my own personal fulfillment from how i show up for other people i feel like i have to do some kind of self-love and self-care so that I can take my best self into my job, my relationship with my husband or my parents, mm-hmm. my education, you know, because I can't show up my best if I'm not like doing the work to be my best. And I don't think people realize like how small like your self cares can be. Cause like for me with my anxiety, sometimes like last time we recorded, I brought this stupid bag <laughs> and like, I mean, like, Tammy probably didn't even notice this bag, but I just made this bag, and I was so happy. I absolutely happy. noticed it, because I, I, I listened to you talk about it. Um, but I brought it because, like, I did something good today, and so I was just, like, carrying it around to and remind myself. it's a really myself, good bag. It, it's cute. But just, like, to remind myself that, like, I did something good today, or, like, mm-hmm. I made something I can be proud of myself kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, well, and just taking something that you love everywhere with you. Like, I used to, I have a pair of yellow ballet flats. And when I knew I was going to have like a really hard day, if I had like a test or um, something, I would wear these yellow ballet flats because I was like, then even no matter how bad my day is, like I'm still walking on sunshine. And I thought I like that made such a big difference for myself. It's not like it has to be a big like bubble bath and wine Mm -hmm. and like this whole bougie thing. Like you, it's literally can be just anything. Yeah. I started bullet journaling during quarantine as like a hobby to keep myself home and also just because like I like to work on art skills every once in a while and I'm surprised with like friends you can find so many self-care bullet journal ideas on Pinterest they are full of things you can do to take care of yourself if you're struggling to find ways to do that in a concise manner there's article upon article upon article about things that are five minutes things that are one minute things that are two hours like yeah it's easy and I feel like once you learn yourself really well you kind of learn like what's gonna 
like help you mm-hmm. although i do think one thing that i think people don't like to talk about it with self-love is that sometimes showing yourself love isn't always giving yourself like what you want in that moment yeah for sure because i know for me when i one thing that i have tried to work started to try to work on is eating my eating habits because i don't eat a lot but i also don't eat like well-rounded and i so i'll have like a long day or i'll know it's going to be a long day and i'm like well i should grab an energy drink but it's like, well, instead of grabbing that energy drink, what I should really do is like get snacks that are going to can, like give me a little boost of energy throughout the day. And I should like make a meal plan that's going to help me to feel more awake and those kinds of things. And that takes work and it's not always super. F- I'm not a person who necessarily loves to eat healthy and drink lots of water, too. Mm-hmm. I do love to drink lots of water. That is that's, a, that's a something thing. like self-care. Literally every single human should be doing. Mm hmm. I think it's half your body weight in ounces is how much water you should be drinking. That What? Mm-hmm. So much. I think that's what it is. I think I remember that from my medical anatomy class. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that math. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of water. I remember telling Colin that and Colin was like, oh, that's too much water. I just feel like I just spend my like all my time peeing if I just like look at water. I guess, yeah, I have the bladder of a camel, so. Oh. But. I think that's one example of a way that like I show myself love or I'm trying to show myself love is um, trying to get a better eating habit and trying to figure out like what foods I like and give me energy, you know, and making a plan so that that's something that I don't have to consciously put so much energy into, but I can still use it to like take care of myself. Well, and something related to that that I think is like self-care is setting like goals for yourself. Even if it's not, like, something like that, it's just, like, literally anything. But, like, to have goals to help yourself is really important. I agree. I have always really had, like, a love-hate relationship with setting goals. Um, I struggle to want to set goals because I feel like if I set goals, then I uh, can not meet them. And I don't like to fail. We just have to set realistic goals. I usually do little ones because I feel like life already is overwhelming so I just set like teeny tiny goals like I'm gonna make my bed today so that when I get home I'm super happy yeah and, and that's one minute that's what I have kind of come to is if I'm ha- in a hard space in my life I'm like okay instead of thinking about all of the things I have to do let's address like three things I would want to accomplish today mm-hmm. and sometimes they're small like I want to wash my face you know because sometimes I don't do that same and sometimes they're a little bit more advanced like I want to get all of the laundry done today and I feel like once you like if you start doing those things a lot and it becomes your routine then like maybe you stick to them and you can do other things Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah because once once those become habits then they're just part of your you know routine as you said and you can use other things to show yourself care and to show yourself Mm -hmm. love but you're still like share or showing yourself that care but now you're you're like at advanced care now because Mm -hmm. that's just like your uh it's 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 your baseline like yeah homeostasis is that what you're going no i'm going it's it's an age word it's habit it's habit okay yeah someone really wise once said just like once you know better you do better oh and that's the easiest way for me to look at it trying to maybe tie this back to dating 
Mm. on the topic of self-love i think something i struggle with as a person who is naturally a people pleaser and a performer is that is i used to want to like perform as like the perfect girlfriend like perfect potential girlfriend or whatever because it was always like an audition or a job interview or whatever however is looking at these dates but you shouldn't have to perform as yourself you know you shouldn't have to put on a false pretense about who you are or what you like that's not sustainable you know and you shouldn't have to alter things about yourself that are integral to you to uh, make somebody else feel comfortable around you that's not fair to yourself and that's not healthy that was a big thing that I thought about when I thought about things I wish I would have learned sooner to take care of myself while I was dating well, and I feel like that goes along with, um, oh, you, like, can't depend on others for love. Oh, that's a so good like, one. If you're not performing for those other people, then it, like, doesn't matter what they think of you or if, like, you're getting love from them or whatever. Like, you're loving yourself enough mm-hmm. that you don't, it doesn't matter what they think. Absolutely. I think... That much, I, I imagine that's really hard for women in particular to do because I think a lot of women's value is placed on like how they can help or do things for other people. Mm-hmm. And putting that much weight into your relationship with another human being is too much pressure for that relationship. You can't depend on, you can't outsource your happiness. There are lots of jobs you can outsource in your life and your personal well-being is not one of those things. Nobody is going to prioritize taking care of yourself as as much as you should be. Mm, yeah. Well, and they always say, like, I don't know if I 100% agree with this, but they always say, like, you need to love yourself before you can love somebody else. I don't, like, love, love that because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, like, I mean, I can make it happen. Like, I, I feel think like... what it is is um, it's the same message as, like, when people get married and they're, like, now I'm whole. And it's, like, bitch, you were whole before. Yeah, you're a whole person. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think people say it to be, like, romantic about, like, two halves making a whole and it's like no we were two whole people and we got married and now we're super people yeah you're just like a partnership like Mm -hmm. Like now we can accomplish even more because like the image that always comes to my mind which is not romantic but is um Cusco and pacha in (laughs) emperor's new groove trying to climb up that ravine yeah (laughs) they're like back to back with their arms Mm -hmm. linked like they're both two totally cool separate people and they made their partnership work to accomplish some very difficult things. Escape death. So I, but I, so I think you can love other people without necess- necessarily loving yourself to the fullest extent. But um, I still think it's important to like mm-hmm. work on yourself before, like, because I think relationships are like ten times harder if you're trying to work on yourself. Absolutely, but you can't pour from an empty bucket. Yeah. That's another Mm -hmm. colloquialism. It just makes it harder. So sometimes it's worth it to just step back. And that's what happened with me and Kay was like, you're very broken. And so he broke up so he could work on himself. I mean, obviously he didn't, but. Mm. He just bought a house. But we tried. Huh? He just bought a house instead. No, we were going to buy a house anyways, but then he got a girlfriend. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, that's true. (laughs) Sorry for that girl. Yeah. Hope she likes babysitting and not getting paid. (laughs) Is that she now? Yeah, it's the opposite because she's probably gonna pay all the bills. Probably. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Bless that girl's heart. We love her. <laughs> we don't know her, but it's okay. Uh, I we just send good vibes to her like yeah. every single day. I'm like, sis, wow. <laughs> wow, way to Praying go. for you. <laughs> she's accomplished something I couldn't do for longer than a year, so. Well, she who knows how long she's been doing it. Not, oh, not very long. That's true. And I mean, unless there was dishonesty, but... <laughs> there's absolutely no way i was like with him all the time i'm like you're off work while i'm home waiting for you <laughs> like i made all the dinner and did all the dishes and the laundry and cleaned our house even though we have another roommate who could have cleaned yeah i probably was a little bit more codependent in that relationship than i should have i think about that now i didn't realize it then but and i didn't realize codependency was like a little bit toxic absolutely i don't think anybody talks about it people people romanticize codependency and it has a huge tendency to be very unhealthy well and i never even like heard the term over, like mm. until like a year ago and then i was like oh okay that just sounds like a relationship and now i'm hearing more about it. i'm like oh that's not what i thought that was the like elevated mentality at least in like <laughs> scholar hat at least in like academics is um interdependent instead of codependent because codependent the idea is that like your mood your actions your life is directly affected by their mood, actions, life, behaviors, what's happened to them, you know, all of those oh. things. So codependency can be really damaging because you're outsourcing your well-being. Mm -hmm. Whereas interdependency is where both of you are operating independently and you are okay separately, but able to acknowledge like if one person is like hurting or if something great has happened, you know, and like amplify amplify when something great has happened, but like also like maybe pick up extra slack if something bad has happened you know and yeah. like still like having that connection with each other but not being dependent on each other learned yeah that was college everybody <laughs> you just you could have your degree right now unlike me <laughs> <laughs> there was something else i was gonna say about that and it, it's gone but that's okay uh oh actually here's here's a good place to go for it one one thing I took too long to realize was um, if you're asking yourself, should my relationship hurt this bad? Oh the gosh. answer is no. Uh, no, every time. It like, is, okay, there's like always problems in relationships, but if you've gotten to the point where you're actually asking yourself that. Genuinely. Yeah. Well, and it's, I'm not saying leave that person necessarily, but absolutely fix whatever is hurting you. Yeah. You need to like take a step back. Because not, I mean, relationships are, everything is repairable. It's just about how much effort you're willing to put into it. And your partner too. Because I feel like that's a big thing True. where you just have to deal with toxic people and they don't actually care about you. But I, I remember being young and being in a relationship and just hurting. Like so unimaginable. Like I, up until that point in my life, I don't know if I'd ever felt emotions like that, you know? Mm. And just being like, well, I love this person, so I have to, like, work harder or push more or give more. You know, like, it will get better. It shouldn't It shouldn't have to, like, should it have to feel like this? Maybe everything, everybody says relationships are hard. But it shouldn't. You sh It shouldn't hurt that bad. And you either need to get with your partner and say, hey, I'm really hurting. I need something to change. Or if your partner's not going to work or willing to work on it. You need to find yourself alone or with someone else, maybe. Um, a big part of why I had that problem was just, like, when I was with S, I was like, this hurts so bad because 
I always learned in church, like, if something is so good, the adversary is going to attack you more. And so I was just like, no, this is just, like, the adversary making Mm -hmm. me feel this way. And so that's why I struggled so hard because I was like, it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. It's like, this is good. This is Satan. Yeah. I'm like, Satan's attacking our relationship because we're going to get married in the temple. So that's why I struggled so hard and didn't believe that he was a genuinely not ready (laughs) genuinely not ready to be in a healthy relationship yeah i think the difference maybe that i tried to identify was like being in a relationship with colin coming into hard things before we got married because we were engaged for a while so like making big decisions about being about getting married but having a a longer time to make them Mm -hmm. which i mean not to say that you didn't have a long time to make yours because lord knows you were engaged for a long time yeah but being able to come to my partner and say hey i've noticed this and my partner to step up and be my teammate instead of me against my partner over an issue in our relationship it was me and my partner against this issue in our relationship and i think that is that is what makes or breaks whether or not you can make your relationship stop hurting like that Mm mm-hmm and sometimes I think we just need to you know sometimes it's just not gonna like work there are really toxic Absolutely. people out there that don't actually care and it's really like big self-love is getting rid of toxic people in your life sometimes it's really hard because they're really close mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of people that's like family members yes too. you know like family members can be very toxic and that's probably the hardest one to get rid of but also self-love is recognizing your role in creating the problem because oftentimes at least i know i have a bigger role than i like to admit sometimes nothing about the situation is your fault oftentimes in my situation at least part of it is my fault but still that doesn't mean that it's worth like staying in the situation and it is just as okay to decide that for your well-being you have to leave as it is okay for you to decide that you want to stay and try to make it work yes and don't invalidate other people's experiences who choose differently than you yeah I mean, because sometimes I feel like maybe toxic people can change. Maybe it doesn't happen a lot, but oh, I think, there, I mean, it might happen. I absolutely believe that anybody could change if they were properly motivated. But, it, there, I mean, there definitely comes a point where it's like, if you're putting in all your efforts and your partner really just doesn't care, it's time to, to, it's time to bounce. Yeah, definitely. Bag that, put it in your luggage, get on a flight. And then unpack it with your therapist. I literally hate the idea of baggage. (laughs) I hate it so much. The only reason um, that I hate the idea of baggage is because I was like, I have all these traumatic experiences, but my brain was like, I have no baggage. And then me and Tammy (laughs) were talking one day and she's like, said something to the effect of that I have a lot of baggage. And I was like, what? (laughs) One of my toxic traits is not realizing the effect my words have. No, I needed to hear it because it's like, because I was running around like I'm the shit nothing is wrong with me I'm number one and like I'm oh, pretty no. cool but like you are really cool I really <laughs> but like I you. do have baggage <laughs> I just needed you to ground me that's all oh happy to do that we take turns grounding each other for sure <laughs> yeah I also think baggage inherently has connotation but um it can be negative or positive baggage maybe oh yeah like I guess like some of my baggage is definitely negative but like you learn from it no matter what yeah well and that's a huge thing for me is like I absolutely believe that you are who you are because of all of the choices that have been made in your life not in spite of any of the choices that have been made in your life like even if you made a bad decision 
and you feel like it was bad, you can still grow and become a better person through that. Like I have a really hard time regretting pretty much anything that's ever happened in my life because how do I know what would have come having not had that experience? You know, like at least I was able to make the most coming out of it. The only thing I can be responsible for is my own choices and my own responses to the environment around me. I feel like you're a little bit more grown up than me because there are still some things that I'm like, uh-uh. Well, I no. literally spend hours a day studying this. It's, I know. it's also easier to parrot it than it is to live it. I'm sure if we brought Colin on, he could absolutely <laughs> tell you all the ways that I don't practice what I preach. Yeah. I mean, not that he would because he's very kind to me, but he could. And we're here to get up advice, not take it. <laughs> Just kidding. We try. Um, One other thing. I guess we have been talking a lot about this and I just kind of want to maybe like overtly express it. An important concept of self-care is what I would call like critical thinking. You know, we've already addressed like taking care of your needs rather than your wants you know if your if your wants are going to go against what really is going to benefit you in like your long term and having a long-term mentality and then also maybe this isn't the healthiest way to look at it but I'm sure if I bring it up you'll have a better way to think about it mm-hmm. something that I have started something that has become a mantra for me personally in dealing with my own like social or relationship anxiety has been like when I was a child and I would be nervous about something or I would um, not want to do something because of what other people might think, my mom would just be like, Tammy, nobody cares that much about you. Oh, I say that all the time now. <laughs> Which, I mean, my mom never meant it in a negative way. No. She was just trying to be, trying to like ground me to, you know, to reference what you're just talking about. Like, she just was trying to ground me in reality that everybody else is literally too obsessed with their own situation to care that much and to critique you that much yeah (laughs) so just do your thing I kind of had to do that with one of my old co-workers where she like came up to me and was like everybody hates me and I was like yeah me too but it's okay because nobody cares (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I'm like you're here to make money not friends so it's not a big deal move Mm -hmm. on well and just think about how much time you don't spend thinking about and nitpicking the small mistakes of another person in your life you don't do that I am struggling with that so hard right now where I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I said that or like I do it with my clothes all the time where I'm like I wore the same jeans and somebody's gonna know and then I'm like do I remember what pair of jeans like Tammy was wearing yesterday like no I've never looked at Tammy's jeans and it's the same thing I just literally everything oh totally I mean I'm literally editing the podcast I was like I cannot believe the way I said this I can't believe I took a breath there yeah that's like it took me that long to think of demographics are you kidding me but it's nobody cares it's something that like now I'm 22 and just now like within the last couple months I've been like oh my gosh nobody cares (laughs) and it's been comforting for me like Mm. it might sound toxic or like weird when your mom says it to you as a child but but now I'm like oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life because I feel so much more comfortable now. My parents were always really good about like balancing pe- each other out where like my mom would say that and maybe it was like overtly a little bit harsh, but then my dad would come in and be like, nobody cares, so we're going to do a nice meditation. You're going to take several <laughs> deep breaths 
and you're going to calm yourself down and you're going to go out there and you're going to slay. Because usually it was like before a performance or something, you know. Mm. And it, my mom never meant it to be like toxic or anything. She was just like trying to no, be real and best. trying to be like, hey, like, you're great at this. Like, go have fun. You've been working really hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it became really liberating to me when I was older, too. You know, I remember thinking that when I was like in like eighth or ninth grade, too, and just being like, everybody is too obsessed with themselves to look at my because because i really struggled with like having curly hair that was another thing that i had to like figure out how you to love your curly hair oh thank like you. growing up yeah i thought it was, i loved it i was like why can't my hair be cute like that well i mean i really got into it in high school i think i really figured out how to take care of it but i tell you what i got a, se- a straightener for christmas in seventh grade and that was an actual nightmare because I was like oh, I'm no. gonna straighten my hair every day and I had no idea how to use a straightener and I didn't have like a heat protectant and my hair is just like really committed to curls yeah it is but no everybody else was too obsessed with trying to figure out their own hair to yeah. look and criticize mine is what yeah. I was trying to say <laughs> sorry thank you though I appreciate yeah, that that's so, why I'm getting a perm is so that I can have cute curly hair I need to get a perm because my hair's like dead now that it's blue. So it just like doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. So we're just going to get perms together. Mm-hmm. Along with though, like having enough of a, like self-awareness to recognize that nobody cares. I think, I, well, what I want to say <laughs> is that practicing mindfulness is a good way to get into that headspace of I shouldn't be caring what, what anybody else is or isn't thinking about my behavior or my way I live my life Mm -hmm. and I think mindfulness can be really really self-liberating um it's really hard to do at least for me it's always been really hard in the same way that like setting goals was always really hard because I was like I just don't like to pin myself down Mm -hmm. enough to set clear goals or to I don't like to I used to think of like meditating which I mean I still don't meditate but like I used to think about like mindfulness and like practicing mindful behaviors as like a waste of time because it seemed on the outside it seems not productive but it can be easy to do and I'm not here to necessarily like teach anybody how to do it because I certainly had to like go to a lot of different therapists and piece together my own piece of like what works for me oh I feel like it's an ever-changing thing too that's for sure true but one thing that's been good for me in practicing mindfulness is to identify motivations for my behaviors like why do I want the sweets or why do what why am I feeling lonely or well loneliness is a motivator but like why am I upset that Colin left and hung out with his friends for the first time in three months and it's like oh because I'm lonely Mm -hmm. um and giving yourself those that perspective of evaluating your own uh motivations for your behaviors and your own insecurities can help you to be more intentional with your behavior. And I think that's important. And a big part of mindfulness and self-care. I like your haunted house. Thank you. Maybe that should be part of our podcast is just like posting all the doodles that you drop while we're recording. Yeah, um, I'm trying to stop stuttering. You guys probably don't notice as much because I will try and edit out my stuttering because it takes like half the podcast. It does not. It's very charming. But so I'm trying to like help with it by having a fidget thing but fidget toys are too loud so i usually color in my podcasting notebook so but yeah today she drew a haunted house it's very cute thank you i'm not done yet though yeah um podcast yeah is there anything else i've talked about almost every 
thing that I really felt like it was important to address. Um, one of the self-care things that I do that um, oh, I we should talk about the actual self-care behaviors that are actually fun instead yeah. of all these hard things. It's I feel like I mean there's a lot out there. It's not hard to find them because you can just like Google it or put it in Pinterest and you have like a million ideas pop up. But one thing that like somebody told me this when I was young, they were like you need to go like on a date by yourself like take yourself to dinner and go to a movie like and just be able to do it comfortably and I was like that's crazy like that's actually crazy like there's no way I could ever get to that point and now mm-hmm. like I'm like do it do it do it do it oh it took me it took me a really long time too I I don't know if this was what it was for you but honestly for me I really didn't figure this out until you moved away because I hate being alone mm-hmm me too like that's like that's probably my fatal flaw if i was a fictional character my fatal flaw would be being alone like but so you moved away and you were an hour away and it was like it it, it and, hurt our relationship yeah well our like, relationship is not perfect by any means <laughs> no it was a rough time but i either had to like skip school to come hang out with you which i would do sometimes which wasn't a good Ideal. long-term option or we would hang out with whatever boy you or I was dating, you know, mm-hmm. or just like several different things like that. And so I figured out how to like go to the mall by myself and enjoy that. You oh, know? And that was like a big part of our lives was shopping before I moved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember that was, that was hard. I was for like me out of jeans and I was like, I literally just have to go to the store. And I was like, but I don't want to go by myself. No, I, I took, I took my boyfriends with me everywhere. I went shopping because I didn't have you. Oh. I, I hate shopping by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay, but it's Sometimes not I like it. You know, like, I've come to a place where, like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like, I just kind of need, like, the silence. Yeah. But. Okay, it's it's COVID shopping that I don't like to do myself. Oh, I, Before, I was like, yeah, let's hit TJ Maxx. Sometimes I would do it to, like, get some alone time from uh, Kay. But, like, now that it's COVID, I'm just like, I can't even, like, stand close to people. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't like being in stores now at all in general. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, for me. But I think, I, so I didn't learn how to do that for, a, uh, like, honestly, that's so that's been within the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm certainly not great at it. Like, still, I, re- I remember being doing one of those, like, cute, like, ask your partner these questions and post it on Facebook kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, like, what do I fear the most? And Colin was like, being alone. Oh. And I was like, oh too close you're like that that response was too quick (laughs) yeah but it's but he got me you know yeah so i i really struggle to like treat myself you know especially in ways that involve like spending mass amounts of time by myself um another like self-care thing i don't uh, maybe this is toxic but something i do as like a self-care thing especially when i'm anxious but usually when i get paid is I like buy myself a little something just so, like I I don't know I have something it's usually no, the I think that's great it's usually those mini those brands mini brands I think I that's have great so many of them but it's like I don't know it's a little something that I do for myself because I know it's gonna make me happy my parents always used to say because my parents are, my dad's really big into budgeting mm-hmm. which is good <laughs> to do yeah. it's just like the child in me is like but it's lame yeah. Well, I'm not going out and, like, buying myself, like, a new trampoline. I'm that's like, what here's I, yeah. a $5 thing. So, so where I was going was, like, my my parents would always say, you know, like, you get the paycheck, and my parents are LDS, so they pay 10% in tithing, 
and they put 10% in savings and then they take 10% and have like their own, I don't know if they have like their own accounts or something that they put it in and they can, and they can spend that like no questions asked, yeah. you know, and then the rest of it goes to like monthly bills or food or whatever, you know, like living expenses. As long as you're smart with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you can't do 10% right now, but I absolutely think like you should be able to make it work to give yourself whatever that little extra like boost is that you need because if you're not budgeting for your own happiness then what are you budgeting why is budgeting a self-care it's the lamest self-care but it's a self-care one thing that i do for self-care that i didn't realize until i was older was like i used to i used to go for the walk for walks in the evenings after dinner um i would just like put in my headphones and i would this was before like podcasting was really a thing for me but i would like just like listen to music or like that was when i would practice like our honor choir music or different oh. things because i lived on a tiny street that nobody was ever on so i could just sing and my neighbors didn't care or they probably did but they didn't well they probably didn't hear me. you <laughs> yeah i did um something similar when i lived in that smaller town mm-hmm. we had like a lot of rivers and stuff so i wouldn't listen to music because i just want to hear like the, the river. river but like i would go for walks and like my and Kay was always like, where where have you been for an hour? Like, you mm-hmm. didn't tell me you were going anywhere. And I was just like, oh, I just went for a walk. But I did do a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still do that, you know, where I still go on little walks around the neighborhood or whatever just to kind of move my body. Yeah, and... it's like double self-care because you're like exercise and it's like mental health thing. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving yourself like a little bit of headspace, giving yourself a little bit of physical space. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one for me is just walking. Like, I don't even have to necessarily go to the gym. Because I'm not really good at that right now. COVID killed my gym. Literally habits. every so like everything bad. good I had going for me, COVID killed. Yeah, except our relationship. Yeah, that <laughs> that helped. Oh, but that's a good one. That's one that I really have come to appreciate that I do is walks. Um, some uh, this uh, this one might be like kind of weird, and it took me a while to get here, but I one thing I've been doing for self love is like photography. Not, like, me taking pictures, but, like, taking pictures of myself. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually, like, so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it. Yeah, you're like, ooh, ooh, that girl. Yes. Ooh, she. Like, it it took a long time to get there, but I was like, I guess it also helps that I'm like, ooh, I didn't know I could take pictures like that. But Mm -hmm. And it's just me. But And you take good pictures. Thank you. But I see your Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) Those are just selfies. Selfies don't count. No, I, I agree. I took a, I mean, I took a photography class in, in college. I'm still in college, but I took it like a few semesters ago. I had you and S go and pick up that camera for me. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember anything. Camera that I still have. Oh, me and S. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. (laughs) Oh, that S, you know. No, no, I did not hear S at first. I just heard like you. And so I was like, I couldn't think of a time I solo went and picked up a camera. No. But I remember that now. Yeah, you guys went and picked up a camera, and I and I bought that camera because I'd already registered for the class and didn't have a camera. And it's not like we're like this typical Utah white girl. We're like, follow our photography page. No. Like this is just like us doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I I really crave a lot of creative outlets. That's what I use it for, you know. And I took that class, and it was a a credit hour. Well, it was like four credit hours actually, which was great, you know. And you just have to have electives in college, so it's a great elective, and it was a fun thing to like get me out with my friends or just by myself like I would just go down to the river and I would take pictures of like wildlife or whatever you know one of my favorite things to do was like figure out how to use like the nighttime exposure on my camera 
mm-hmm. like creative outlets are really really good for me too you know when quarantine back in like april started i went over to my parents house and i got a bunch of my paints from my parents house that i hadn't brought here and which we record just like in my kitchen in case you guys were wondering yeah. why sometimes you can hear my neighbors screaming but uh I brought my paints here and I painted a bunch, even though I've never been into painting, but I wanted a hobby that would keep me home, you know, and still like be fulfilling. And that's been really, really fun. Something that I've like learned how to kind of do some things that I don't hate. I've never been super into like intricate art because I have a sister who's an artist and I, as the youngest child, never wanted to try to try and fail at anything my siblings had already tried and were good at, but I think during quarantine, I stayed home and sewed a lot. I watched New Girl and I sew. <laughs> the number of times I've rewatched Grey's Anatomy. Oh, embarrassing. No. <laughs> I, oh. that's a, like, that's my thing. I think we talked about this with Eurovision. It's like one of my things that keeps my mental health going is just like, is like playing it constantly. Rewatching the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we've Did like talked you, about. I think you sent me that thing that was like people with anxiety like to rewatch. We rewatch TV series because it's comforting to know what's you know, going yeah, to not happen. It's not going to be a surprise. Yeah. I was well, just about to bring that up. Colin hates it sometimes because we'll be like watching a movie like last night because it's spooky season. So we're watching spooky movies and we rented something from Redbox. Mm-hmm. I was getting real spooked and I was like, what is this movie called babe and he told me what it was and i just like looked up the ending on the internet oh because i was like i'm too unstable i'm gonna look it up right now yeah and he was like you just ruined the suspense for yourself for the entire rest of the movie and i'm like that's the point you're like did you mean prevented a panic attack (laughs) that's what i heard that's yeah maybe that's (laughs) self-care maybe it's a coping mechanism maybe Maybe, it's full doesn't if it works, it works. That's what really matters. Who cares, mm-hmm. like, what it's called? As long as it works for you and it's not A rose toxic. by any other name. Yeah. Um, that, oh, uh, I have one last thing that I wanted to cover, I guess. Let's do it. And I don't really necessarily, I've saved this for last because I don't want to go into it a ton because I imagine we will probably end up doing, like, a whole entire episode on this thing. But that this thing is boundaries. Ooh. I think boundaries are a huge form of self-care and they're not super fun. Like, at least for me, I have always really struggled with boundaries. I was recently meeting with um, my, uh, my cousin started a life coaching business and she was just like talking with me one time and I was telling her that I have always prided myself on being a person with low personal boundaries because I felt like that made me a better friend or fill in the blank, whatever it was, you know. I thought you were asking me to fill in the blank. I was like, I don't know what your brain is thinking. No, a better, you know, whatever fits the needs of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. But what I have kind of come to realize as an adult is that setting boundaries for yourself, like actually makes you a better person to be in relationship with because it's you are like more structured you're more reliable you know and it's easier to say things like instead of being like totally let's do dinner on thursday and then flaking you can be like you know what like i'm gonna be kind of busy on thursday let's do can we do this other day Mm -hmm. or um it's easier to just be able to say like 
I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I think maybe it would be best for me if I took some time to myself. I think we got like a second before we can normalize that because I feel like uh, mental health is still like a weird thing. I don't know in this in, in society, mm-hmm. so people are still going to be like, Ugh, "She's just flaking." If you're just I mean, I, weird I imagine so, but I love myself though, and I I don't. I try to just tell myself, you know what, like my relationships are more durable than that. You know, like people, people who really care about me and care about having a good relationship with me are going to respect what I have to prioritize in those moments. And they're going to know, like our relationships are stronger than being like, you know what, you canceled on me this one time and mm, you don't like me. Yeah. But so boundaries are important to be able to set with other people. Boundaries are important to be able to set with yourself boundaries can really do a lot to help to protect yourself I think and also to avoid like getting in over your head in situations getting involved with people who aren't going to like reciprocate back to you yeah I don't really have anything to say about that I think you did it beautifully oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I feel that way but thank you is there anything else you would like to say? No, I think we covered self-love. At least we dipped our toes into it. Yeah, I don't feel like I feel like we could literally talk for days and it never it would never fill enough to me mm-hmm. because it's such an important our, topic. We could have made our entire podcast about like self-love probably. And there are self-love enough. podcasts. I did not know that. Oh, I didn't. I mean, maybe I did, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know it until I was doing research for this. So, if you're having a hard time, maybe you listen to a self love podcast i don't know anything about any of them but, but maybe sure it's your good jam ones out there yeah yeah i mean just do some research figure yeah. out what works for you yep and if you have other uh self-love tips or um things that you think are important that we haven't covered or any uh, uh fill in the blank <laughs> questions always questions dating stories we're going to be compiling a listener's episode here soon very soon so um get your stories in about what have we covered first dates online dating utah culture building your type that's and then this guy and then this and then self-love get your uh stories in regarding those topics so we can have some things to talk about in our uh, listeners episode (laughs) um but we also that episode we decided we're going to start talking about the tinder stuff on that so you yeah tune in for the juice or the tea sorry i was gonna say like juicy stuff but then i was like juice and i think i think that's what mormons say for tea at least really yeah is juice because mormons aren't supposed to drink tea Oh, well, tune in for the juice. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't feel right in my heart. I'm not, I'm not okay. young and cool. That's okay. Uh, you can email us at relationshipresumespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to follow our social media, too. You can e- message us on there, but yeah, Tammy prefers the email. Well, I just think it will be easier to compile compile things in the email, but absolutely, you can message us on but follow any us social media platform. On all so- social media platforms. We really got to get our TikTok figured out. Oh, I know. But yeah, till next time. See y'all.